0: Hey, everybody. Chase Nobles here, founder of Cush.com. I've got Carolyn Sanders and Rob Manson from CR Green Farms with us here today. How are you guys? We're
1: doing good. We're good.
0: Right Glad on, you- right on. Well, it looks like y'all are outside at a beautiful farm. Where are you guys at?
1: Well, we're actually on an island at the moment.
0: An island. Well, okay, you got to give us a little bit more details. What are you doing on an island?
1: <laughs> it's Bainbridge Island. Uh, I had to work today. So seeing how we had to reschedule, we couldn't be on the farm.
0: Right on. Well, Bainbridge isn't a bad place to be. Now, y'all are up here in our great state of Washington, headquarters of Cush.com as well over in Seattle. It's exciting to have another Washingtonian on the show today. Tell us a little bit about what y'all have been up to and how it's going with the farm that you guys have.
1: (laughs) She's the one going to tell you about that. Uh,
2: You know, we have had so much fun. And this year I've lived a larger life than I've ever lived by this farm. It's been absolutely an incredible experience and a journey and doing it with Rob is just beautiful. I love being with Rob. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, that's really heartwarming, Rob. I'm sure that has to make you feel good to be having a business partner that's so dedicated to the to the work that she's doing, Carolyn. It sounds like all of a sudden your your kids moved out. You wanted to start a farm. What was that? What was that process like? And and what was Rob's reaction to it? Whenever you told him, "Hey, I'm going to start a, a hemp farm over here," and uh, that's what we're going to do.
2: Well, fortunately, I have the best guy in the world. So. It's all good. We're totally cool and groovy. So what happened is we grew up, well, the kids grew up on the same parcel of land that we have today. And they were raised on the back of agriculture. Whether we grew it in the ground, pulled it out and ate it, or we grew it as an animal husbandry, killed it and ate it. So we've provided our own food forever. And um, we did it. There was a financial need for it. And the thought was just to be healthy at the same time. But really, there was a financial need for it. So the kids never had jar jam from the store. I don't know if they buy it today. They're like 27 now. So I, I still don't know what they do with that. But it's just, it's the, it's the, it's what we do in life. We go out to the forest. We pick mushrooms in September. Berries are coming harvestable at different times of year. We're just seasonal people living as simply as we can and um, in 2015 I lost my mom and I didn't know the impact that was going to have on me till she was gone and thank God for Rob because my mom was my biggest cheerleader and supporter in life and I you know appreciate it while your parents are still here and so with that said um, I kind of fell into a bit of a, a depression, say. And this guy, Rob, brings home some pot after about six months and says, you need to smoke this. And I'm like, ah. you know, insulting, right? Sorry, everybody. But I hadn't done that really since high school. And, you know, I'm, I'm a professional in my career. And that's just like something I thought you wouldn't do. Well, After enough pokes, I smoked it. And before I knew it, I was off the couch living life. And because of fibromyalgia, I was on five different medications from the rheumologist doctor rheumatology doctor and anyways I eventually I went off all of those five medications and found that I was living life so much better than I was before I ever started smoking pot so next thing happens this guy brings home a plant and he's like here you go and I'm like really and now we're going to jail for sure and (laughs) we didn't go to jail But we grew that plant and I fell in love with it, the way that it interacts with with us when we're farming it and watching it grow and going through its changes of life and just following it along and nurturing it along the way. I just so fell in love with it. So we went from one plant to like 40 plants the next year. And I said, now we're really going to jail.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And what year was this?
2: Um, 16.
0: Oh, wow. That's awesome. Okay. First off, yeah. there's a lot to unpack here, Carolyn, and I got to kind of tap in to, to Rob a little bit as well. So, um, well, first off, homesteading. Y'all are some local homesteaders in and, and, and a, and a, and kind of the traditional sense. Very family oriented, make and pick everything that you eat. Selfishly, we had the big rain a week and a half ago or so when are the chanterelles going to start popping up because i've got me a spot and i'm just waiting and i want to know the timing and i know for sure that you're going to have good information on this because you're so connected to the, to the land out there
1: yeah it's time to pick the chanterelles
0: can't hear you rob
1: it's time to pick the chanterelles there the first rains in september is when they start popping up
0: so it's now so i need to get out there and go, hey, go collect a couple of, couple of bags. Yep. Okay. Now that we got that out of the way, needed some vital information to, to the happiness of the family here, um, I, I got to respect the way that you all organically kind of started this business because Carolyn, it sounds like you were in a bad place. And Rob, you really picked her up with you know, trying to find a solution to, to help, help Carolyn out. And then you fell in love because it was something that you could grow, something that you obviously know so much about and have a passion for. And that has blossomed into a business. Rob, what has it taken to get this business off of the ground as far as actual operations go? Because it's one thing to, to have you know, 30, 40 plants. It's a whole different thing to have a farm. Right. And to be creating high quality products that you can get out into the market. So what does that operations wise look like uh, so far as getting this thing up and running?
1: Well, Carolyn was one. She just, uh, you know, she sprouted the seeds. She went to cloning. I mean, she she's done it all. And, you know, she's done everything over the years. You know, I, I've always said, hey, if you want to do it, do it. So, yeah, she did this, and then I'm out there looking, and I'm like, gee, many Christmas. But anyways, you know, we start watering the plants, little guys. Now, you know, it's re- they're ready now. Anyways, it's just been a nonstop. I mean, you know, never a break or a dull moment, but this is even before the plants. I mean, there's always
0: been some <laughs> kind of project. And, uh, <laughs> so you come home every day and Carolyn's like, I've done this, 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 and this, and I need your help with this and this <laughs> to finish up. that that's, that's what happens to me at least whenever I <laughs> start a big project.
1: Yeah, 20 years of this. So anyway, that's <laughs> you know, been one thing. but you know, hey, I like plants. I, I like to see the product, you know I haven't been able to go hunt in years, so I've raised all my, you know,
0: Everything. Everything pheasants,
2: yeah. chickens, turkeys, ducks, oh, geese, yeah. pigs, sheep.
0: Yeah. We've yeah. ate them so all. That list of things to do is never ending. And so this was just another, you know, phase of that process. Now tell us a little bit about the farm, Carolyn. You sprout you, you you pop the seeds, you, you get them in the ground. What has happened this year so far, especially in the climate that we're in? How has it been leading up to harvest?
2: You know, it's been beautiful. We, it's been challenged, meaning we got our seeds, I, I cracked them all, I turned a bedroom into a sprouting room, and um, with T5 lights, it's been really fun, so I just get to wake up in my jammies and go into my sprouting room and do my thing before I go off to the office, and then uh, we hardened them off outdoors in a little um, greenhouse, And then um, I cloned all of the first generation of the seeds because I wanted to have my count. My goal was a thousand. So I learned how to clone and we got the count up to 882. They went in the ground between um, the 16th of April and the 2nd of June. Now, I know that's not and i don't like that because i've got them at all different stages and if you have anxiety that's going to make you go a little over the edge so we're not doing that next year they're all going to go on the ground at the same time but it's been a blast and um we've just been very blessed with our lives we have a a little bit of land and we're able to do things like this and the resources are there We've had, you know, five years of practicing, and yes, you're correct, doing it on this size of a scale has been outrageous. It's been a blast, and I one thing I learned for sure is I definitely don't know enough to be doing what I'm doing, but somehow it's all worked out, and the plants are so beautiful and so big. <laughs> Yeah. We, we
1: were just watering them. Now they're like, boom.
2: Everything's been done by hand, truly. hand picked. just me and Rob out there, ding, 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 getting the leaves every night, watering them by hand, tending to them. Um, everything's been by hand. It's been, we've been, I've been devoted. It's really, she, truly- she-
1: Dug post holes with a post hole digger for
0: every one of those plants she planted. I'm just like, gee, my.
2: he just watched me
0: that's like- so much work. You know, one of the things that people don't think about whenever they, you know, go and buy weed from the store or buy hemp from the store, smokable flowers, how much physical labor goes into it. It's yeah. not like other crops. It takes sure. some serious amount of commitment just to get one plant to have a good, you know, harvest. But when it comes to having a thousand or eight hundred and eighty two or, or, or whatever at that scale, I mean, you're tracking the field all day, pulling the, you know, rotten leaves, making sure that you don't have a bug issue, making sure that you don't have, you know, um, uh, like seeds or seed pot or anything like that. So it's just wild to, you know, conceive doing that as a couple that also have other jobs, you know, to be taking on a farm like that is such a big undertaking. What are some of the things that you didn't see coming as far, for for other farmers, either thinking about getting into this or maybe having a rough year? What are some of the lessons that you learned that you'd like to pass on to other farms listening to this?
2: Well, plants need to go in the ground within like a two week span. That's one thing that's going to change. I really am glad we did zero till And I'm not even going to post hold the plants next year. We're just going to go straight on top of the ground. Um, I love the fact that we've taken our farm mulch and, you know, our animal waste and we've composted it the nutrients are a blast um make friends with somebody that really understands soil health i mean we understand you know this much of it right enough to enough that our plants are beautiful um there's absolutely no pesticides there's a thing called ladybugs and green lace flyers whatever they get those guys those are your best little army men to the pesticide people and the bugs and then also um the mulch, it really retains your water, which is beautiful. It's like a sponge. So watch your watering. No, just because, you know, you've got one acre of land, there's nuances throughout that acre. And some rows don't need to be watered as much as other rows. I didn't know that existed. I just thought you'd give them all water. It
0: just depends we- on the drainage, right? And it's, it's kind of <laughs> wild that way, especially. Well, OK, here, here's another question for you, Carolyn. And, and Rob, as well, uh, if you have any input here, what is, you know, as we're coming up to harvest or, or maybe you all have already started um, considering the kind of the gap and how long it took to get some of the plants in the ground. What does that daily routine look like to, to ensure that you're, you're going to get what you want? Because things change so fast at the end. And with hemp especially, you have to be very careful that you don't exceed the, you know, .3 THC limit. What's that daily process look like for you all? And how do, how do you all maintain that quality towards the end of life of these plants?
2: Well, the last few weeks um, after work, we've been working every night. And if there was a broken branch, a blow down because of the wind or whatnot, you know, we process that right away because it's all good for something. It's all medicine for somebody. So we've been processing. Uh, we've been keeping our eyes open. We we like I said, we're blessed. We have not had a mold issue, and I really think that is because we are so diligent in in our devotion to these plants.
0: So and we that are happens out- really fast on this side of the state too. So something you have to be so careful about. Because once it goes, it goes, right? And so it's like, if you don't notice it, you'll have a really big problem if you put it off a week.
2: Right, Right. we're not. And so we're taking all the tops starting tonight. We shave them down using a little fan table and then we hang them. So we've got colas. I mean, I don't even know.
1: All I know is I went from watering them every day. Now I've been freaking defoliating all the leaves. I'm just like one thing to the next.
0: Yeah, it's non—it's a non-end cycle, yeah. but you know so, our goal. Oh no, I'll go I'll go ahead. Oh, I was going to ask Rob. I know that you've had to build some things to probably make the process easier, or faster. What have been some of the fun projects that you've gotten to work on? That you go, oh man, this makes our lives so much easier, or oh wow, I did not see this coming. I have to build this really quickly. Have you have you had those moments? Uh,
2: I don't, I don't think so because I worry about everything. Oh. <laughs> and I do it. I just run around and Rob just goes, there she goes. And he Snapchats me as I go. Yeah. Um, I had to read the Rob, whole...
0: you don't look like a guy that'd be on Snapchat.
2: Oh, he's got over, how I many do you have? Over 500,000. No, no. 80,000. 80, I think he's being not quite true. Oh, no, yeah. No, no. Are you?
0: <laughs> you have 80,000 followers on Snapchat?
1: No, I've just taken 80,000 Snapchats. I don't want nobody following me.
0: <laughs> so you like- I did not see that coming. Uh, well, I'm going to have to get your Snapchat handle, and I would like to see these stories that you post of Carolyn buzzing around the farm, because that sounds fairly entertaining to look
2: it, at. It, it, I, it is. I'm going get a kick out of that. So I had to restructure the horses and get them into paddocks instead of the field. So I built that and I was so confused on how is the electricity going to run like this way and I've got to be able to drive the tractor in there. So I came up with putting the wires around and then um, a beam across and the wires go up and over that and down and somehow... I figured it out. I don't know. Rob helped me put the gates on. I couldn't figure out how to hang the gates that way. So Rob did that with the wires. So getting the horses put in their area, building the seed, you know, the seed area in the bedroom, all of this stuff. We've been working on this project um, for over a year. And we were thinking, okay, what do we need infrastructure-wise because of where we came from? And now we're going to have more so what are we going to do so i just started this vision quest and that's how it came out and then in the garage this is the biggest part we have a three car garage and bless rob's heart he cleared it all out he's a mechanic anybody that's a mechanic is going to know what a mechanic's garage is like but we're going to build him a new garage with a hoist that's the goal so I have the garage and what did you call it? The COVID containment center?
1: Yeah. She's got it all wrapped in plastic, you know, the room for dehydrating and drying.
0: Oh, so you've built that all out yourself. That's amazing. She did. (laughs) Yeah, no, I know. That's what I'm saying. You built that out all by yourself. I was talking to Carolyn. That's wild. Also, on, on, on that note, would the horses go and graze on your plants if you let them? Oh no no, no,
2: no, 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 but the chickens would.
0: Yeah, chickens would her, tear them up. Yeah, chickens, would, chickens eat anything, uh, though.
1: Her friend yeah. wants to give her some goats, and I said, yes. not just yet."
2: No, I'm gonna pick them up in November because yeah. we have about three quarters acre more to plant. But we've we've fought those blackberries for I don't know too many 10, 20 years.
0: Yeah, and goats are the, the goat- only solution, right? You can dig, you can dig up the roots of a blackberry plant fine whatever you want to call it they're evil and you know three months later you're gonna have like a 10 foot sprouts from somewhere there's no way to get rid of them it's just wild it's like constant maintenance it's it's the craziest thing i've ever seen
2: terrible and they attack you too because you'll cut one down and go to remove it and it 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 whiplashes you around your head (laughs) i mean it's Yeah, they're pretty terrible. So we're getting goats for that. But that's just the way we do things. If you want to clear land, it's goats and pigs. That's awesome. It's not how most people think, but then you also get, you know, their their droppings in the soil, and it's great biological. Um, help for the soil and food with the carbohydrates and everything. And that's just really exciting. The thought that we sequestered carbon, and we made a difference in this world is so overwhelming. Like, I don't know if I can wrap my mind around that what we've done exactly. But it's really, really good.
0: That's amazing. Well, it's such a good story for everybody to hear that y'all have taken, you know, this kind of homestead lifestyle and turned it into a business, turned it into a farm, and you can share that joy with other people and share share the result of that hard work with the other people that, that I'm sure love your products. Now, before we wrap this up, tell us a little bit about what you've grown, you know, how you plan on processing it, you know, what, what people can actually buy when it comes to uh, CR green.
2: Well, we are going for the smoking flower. I, you know, I love to smoke. Rob likes to smoke. So I want to be able to smoke. And this is some of the most beautiful bud I've seen. And we've grown, I don't know, probably over 20 different varieties of different stuff over the last years. And this is so incredibly beautiful. Our thought was, can we do this? You know, I mean, like, Rob, would you be interested in growing hemp for retirement? And he's like, He's like, that sounds like it'd be fun because we really do enjoy doing it together, don't we?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. She <laughs> never fails or ceases to amaze me on her ability to create more uh, reasons to keep continue on in life.
0: That's amazing. Well, what a, what a heartwarming story for everybody out there listening. Sierra Green Farms, it's an amazing story. We're bringing that homestead lifestyle to the business you know, environmentally conscious, you know, using some of the best practices you could imagine without, you know, spraying a bunch of pesticides all over your product or oh, anything no, like
2: that. No denicals.
0: Yeah, oh, and- just, just ladybugs, just spraying ladybugs all over your product, which is a, was just, was just another example of just how amazing this story is. So thank you so much, y'all, for being a part of the show today. It's uh, great to meet y'all. And we're going to have to get together soon because you're not that far away.
2: We would love to have you come out. We, we literally wanted to grow the best bud we could for people. And I really think we accomplished it. And I don't say that lightly because that's a huge responsibility of a statement to say, but we would love to have you come out.
0: Well, I'll I'll talk to the team, see if we can get something scheduled. Everybody's tied up with our big Texas Hemp convention right now. But once that's wrapped up, maybe we'll uh, have to come out there and see you guys and, and get a little taste of the farm life.
2: And bring Joe.
0: (laughs) I Will do. Thank you so much, Carolyn. Thank you so much, Rob. It's been a pleasure talking with y'all today. And I look forward to seeing everything that y'all do over the next couple of years.
2: Okay. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you. Good luck with everything and congratulations.
2: Thank you. Bye.
0: Bye Bye-bye.